not it. This guy gets more opinionated every day. Oh, fuck this up here. I really want to do this. You know, the guy said the suit would be judgmental. He's got a guy blowing you on page 26. Billy Walsh is in the house. Welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. I am your host, comedian writer J.R. Hickey, coming to you from San Francisco, California. I'm so excited to dive into episode 7 of season 1 of Entourage, The Scene. For everyone who's been listening so far, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We've had a lot of action on our social media feeds, Instagram specifically. Make sure you follow the Oh Yeah Pod Instagram account. It is at Oh Yeah Pod. We're also on Twitter at the same handle. If you have not yet, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Super important, those five-star reviews. We are now on everything. Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, the Doodle Play Store. We are everywhere. We are going to continue this train rolling. My guest today is the editor-in-chief of BroBible.com. He and I worked together six, seven years ago when I was right out of college. I think I pitched him an idea called Brosetta Stone, Everyday Translations for the Everyday Bro. Welcome to the podcast, Jason Camerata. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, this has caused me to binge watch Entourage, which is never a bad thing, so I really appreciate it. Never a bad thing, especially in the early seasons. They're quick. They move. Most episodes in the early seasons are like 23 to 24 minutes long, which is absurd. When I asked you to do this pod, you're like, oh, I got to rewatch the uh, whole first season. And I was like, well, that'll take you like two hours. So how has been your rewatching experience so far? It's been great. I've been keeping up with um, all the episodes. You know, it, it seems that everyone thinks that the show is aged poorly. So... <laughs> From the first episode through the eighth one, I'm, I'm all the way through the first season, I was counting how many times they used the word retard, uh-huh. because that's obviously not something that is standard in uh, today's PC culture. Yep. Um, and I counted eight, eight through, uh, through eight episodes, which is pretty incredible that they, they, they leaned on that so heavily. You know, I wouldn't even call that the most incredible <laughs> non- PC thing they lean on. I, I'm surprised that you went with retarders. I would go with all the homophobic stuff. And there's a big homophobic theme in this entire episode, so it's almost perfect that we're talking about this. Yes. I didn't catch as much of the homophobic stuff in the in the first six episodes, but this is definitely the episode where it all comes full circle. It, it, it's it's been an interesting it's been an interesting um, rewatch of it for sure. Absolutely. And that's what we're hoping to like kind of unpack these things that we might have missed when we were young 20 year olds or things that just didn't occur to us back then. It still is an incredible show. I've had a few people reach out to me and go, boy, you sure are bashing the show a lot for someone who claims to love it so much. And listen, I wouldn't be doing a rewatchable podcast where I'm rewatching every single episode if I didn't love this show. I'm not here to to like shine a light on, on like problematic things. I'm just pointing them out when I see them. And uh, yeah, there's a lot to point out this week. So uh, before we dive into our kind of episodic breakdown that we normally do, Jason, I'd love to hear about your experience with Entourage, when you came upon it, how you started watching it, and maybe even some insight into, into Bro Bible's role in, in Entourage as well. Entourage probably in, in, in some ways tainted my life post-college. It came out in... <laughs> 
2004, the year I graduated college, like the moment I got a job, <laughs> I think it was midsummer or something in 2004. And that's when I first started my first job out of college. And, you know, we would sit down, me and my buddies who I was living with, and we would watch this show that just took you into a whole different world. And you got to see these guys who were best friends living the life and literally none of them worked. You know, <laughs> Vince did a little bit, but you never really saw Vince working. So I I think it it kind of tainted my whole 20s wanting that life. Um, but it was a wonderful escape and the show was just hilarious. I thought anyway, even rewatching the first season with all the stuff that hasn't aged well, I found myself laughing my ass off at so many lines from drama. I, I couldn't really get enough of it. And I, I'm, I'm probably going to keep watching the next uh, seven seasons now that I've gotten back into it. Yeah, I need to get some sort of retainer from HBO. I'm, I'm like reigniting all these passionate uh, fans who are just like, yeah, I watched the episode and now I'm just going to keep fucking going. I'll also wager that uh, Turtle in season one is very funny. Like later on, he, uh, you know, relationship stuff with Turtle, loses a bunch of weight. I I'll I'll even say it like a skinnier Turtle isn't as funny, but Fat Turtle, some of his lines were, were pretty timeless to me. I'd argue Turtle has has the best gig going of the oh, whole yeah. group. Yep. He does, he's got no responsibility other than, I don't even know, driving? Yeah. And he embraces it. You can tell, you know, season one, drama's always trying to do a role. E's trying to become Vince's manager. Vince is trying to become a bigger movie star. Ari's working for Vince. And Turtle is just like, yeah, I'll smoke weed and bang hot chicks if that's cool with you guys. And there's always one. Always one in every group, I feel like. Yeah, he, if there was somebody who won the season, it was probably Turtle. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to this. You know, we have the season, season one finale next week, and... Uh, maybe I'll tease this now. Maybe I'll I'll edit this out. But we are planning on doing like a end of season recap where we talked about who won the season overall, our favorite moments, our favorite celebrity uh, guests, and, and favorite musical drops, all that good stuff. So that is coming in a few weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Why don't we dive into episode seven, the scene? Sound good? Yeah, perfect. Let's do it. Episode 7 of Season 1, The Scene, aired on Sunday, August 29th, 2004. The number one song on the Billboard charts that week, for the second week in a row, was Lean Back by the Terror Squad featuring Fat Joe. It's a pretty strong song. It's, it's a banger, and it still goes. I've been listening to it at my desk for the past two weeks. The night before this episode aired, the U.S. men's Olympic basketball team was not out of the running for an Olympic gold medal in Athens, Greece. They were not only beaten by Argentina, 89-81, to 81, but they were outplayed so thoroughly that the game convinced the rest of the world that the rest of the world was caught up on basketball. Argentina went on to win the gold medal, and the U.S. secured the bronze medal a few days later. Players on that team included Allen Iverson, Stefan Marbury, a young Dwayne Wade, and a young LeBron James. Ain't that like LeBron James? Ain't that just like D Wade? Wait. It was the only third time they'd ever lost in the Olympics. Happened the night before this episode. That that doesn't really count though, because that was back when that was after the Dream Team, after the second Dream Team. That's that, right. That was like when no one wanted to go play Olympic basketball. 
except really young guys or guys who were kind of washed up like Stefan Marbury was at the time. And Iverson was kind of at the tail end of his career there, wasn't he? True, but a Dwayne Wade and a LeBron James, you'd think those two guys, because that was their physical prime. They were, you know, in their early 20s, but... I, I, I don't disagree with you. They were also playing teams. They, like Argentina had like a young Manu Ginobili. You know, you know Spain had the Gasol brothers back then when those guys were in their prime. So those dudes were hungry to, to knock off the U.S. True, true. <laughs> okay, in this episode, after their trips to the Sherpa and their run-in with Gary Busey at the beach, things appear to be back to normal for the boys. While they wait at a coffee shop for a meeting with Ari, they all give Eric a hard time about leaving Emily a drunken message the night before. Drama is in good spirits because he has some money to burn after getting residuals from his brief stint on Pacific Blue. Ari arranges a meet-and-greet with the director of Queens Boulevard, so the group heads to the infamous Chateau Marmont to meet indie director Billy Walsh. The outcome of the meeting is hazy. Vince lights Billy Walsh, but Eric is getting a bad feeling, and they walk away with a script that he has made some revisions to. The revision that causes the most uproar begins to cause some tension among the groups. Shauna lets Eric know that Vince's set symbol status could be on the line if he chooses to go forward with this scene, and Eric makes a secret phone call to Ari to express his concern. After hearing some reassuring wisdom, the boys screen Billy's Sundance swimming film, and amazingly, they all liked it. The next day, handshakes are exchanged, the scene is agreed to be taken out, and the decision is made to entrust the film to Billy Walsh. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. Jason, favorite moment from this episode. I'm going to tell you what, I usually gravitate towards dramas, one-liners, kind of as my favorite moments of most of the episodes, but I think uh, the very end of this episode probably stands out. Just the way Billy Walsh reveals that his edits to the script are a joke, I felt it was pretty brilliant, and it kind of ended in a very entourage, everything's going to be okay sort of way, when everybody walks in and cheers the beer bottles and... It's typical Vinny Chase, you know, just don't worry, guys. Everything's going to wind up all right. They're Budweiser's and Bud Lights with the labels oh so <laughs> nicely facing outwards. Close to that. Yo, Johnny, turtle. We're making a movie. Nah, Vince, I'm putting my foot down. Don't worry, the scene's gone. Yeah? You've been <laughs> fucking with us. <laughs> Cheers, baby. <laughs> the Vince not getting a blowjob from some dude. <laughs> oh, God. I like that scene because then uh, Vince also like kind of goes back to Billy and like fools him as well. He's like, you know, well, I'm pissed now. Just kidding, I'm a good actor. Um, but it does end on this moment that I'm realizing now, seven episodes in, has been the ending of like three or four of these early episodes, which is all of them turning and looking out at the skyline of Los Angeles. It's a really weird kind of weak ending that this show has ended on multiple times at this point, and I'm glad to see that it goes away later on. You're right. They they do that at uh, Alba's house party. Yep. They do that at the beach with Busey, <laughs> and then they do that in this episode. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember the exact endings of the others, but those those do stand out. Yeah, and if I mean, if anyone's been to Los Angeles, the skyline is fine. <laughs> it's not an iconic skyline. It's not no. something that you know really stands the test of time. My favorite moment is the moment that Ian Vince walked into the Chateau Marmont when they're looking for Walsh and it's this really cool tracking shot as they duck in and out of the bedrooms and there's like two people having sex, two girls in lingerie, one guy like sitting on a toilet and then Walsh just kind of appears from behind a couch in his boxers and he's like looms over Vince and E. It's just a great 
cool moment. It's kind of that rock star moment. The the hotel room's trashed. Oh, and then he steals the money out of his girl's wallet and is like, coffee's on me. Uh, what a great introduction to what is by far one of the better characters early on in the show. I agree. The weird thing about that scene was when Vince opened the bathroom door, the guy wasn't sitting on a toilet. He was sitting on, like, the ledge of the oh, shower. That's right. that's right. Of the bathtub. Um, I don't know why I caught that. I think because I watched the episode a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I was so put off the first time that Vince didn't, like, close the door. He was like, oh, sorry, dude, and just left it wide open. (laughs) Yeah, well, Um, that guy's probably mainlining something, like, (laughs) to each his own. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a great introduction to Billy Walsh. And I'll tell you what, in the first first pass of watching this back in 2004 or whenever I, you know, got around to watching the show, I didn't care for Billy. I was kind of like Team Eric, but Mm -hmm. I found myself liking Billy a lot this go around what else i found interesting was this time around watching i liked ari a lot less than i remember liking him Uh uh-huh yeah that's that's interesting because i completely agree with you first off the billy walsh character has aged very well he kind of is like vince the tear guns were artists fuck the suits let's do this and that kind of mentality is timeless and let's be honest some of the things ari says and does are kind of scummy and don't age well. Yeah, I think with Ari, a lot of his most popular lines were not as well thought out or as clever as the lines given to Drama. That's why I think Drama's character, while he does say some inappropriate shit, I think he still stands the test of time with the comedic aspect of it more so than hug it out, bitch. That's probably great seeing it for the first time, but after you already heard it, you're not like excited to hear it again, you know, however many years later this is, 15 years later, my God. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. I wonder if it's also because most of Ari's lines come from a place of anger. Like, I I don't know, drama's lines are just pure comedy and Ari is always cursing out somebody. And and granted, every once in a while he'll do something incredible in there, but... You're kind of, I don't know, you you can't see that stuff over and over again and feel good about it. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the later seasons, is Ari always talking about banging other chicks? No, I, it's just this season. This season, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's let's that's perfect timing. Let's move on to our least favorite moment. I'm going to volunteer. My first one is Ari mistakenly going to the Starbucks across the street from the coffee bean and saying, No, no, we said Starbucks, Eric. I distinctly remember because I fucked the counter girl here. Which... Hey, maybe he did before his marriage, and he's just, you know, boys being boys, talking a little die talk, but he unnecessarily shoehorns that stuff in in early episodes, which feels weird. Yeah, and kudos to the counter girl if she's been there for that long, because, you know, he had a courtship and then a whole marriage happen, and kids. Starbucks got some pretty decent benefits from what I know, so. You know what, I'll be honest with you, my least favorite moment of this episode was the entire opening scene in the coffee shop. You know, I know it sets up the balance of the episode where everyone is going to be going in terms of drama getting the money, Vince meeting with Billy, E meeting with Billy, but the jokes in the conversation about E's relationship or drunk dialing were so incredibly weak. And she didn't call you back? Bitch. Emily's not a bitch. I was calling you a bitch. We're even thinking about calling her again. That is very bitch-like. You call a girl once, she don't call you back, relationship's over. There there could have been like a moment in there where you injected some 
moment of wisdom from drama about banging some 80s actress that isn't relevant anymore that came out of like a drunk dial that could have yeah, been super yeah. funny but yeah. the best thing that came out of that was him calling e a bitch and vince saying the guys think you're being super soft right before E's E's phone rang and it was ari i just thought that was like such a wasted scene i agree they just kind of repeatedly call him a bitch and then move on from it that there's a lot of that early on in the show and this is like a bitter conversation but whenever you talk about entourage but oh the air character is such a bitch but I almost identify with him a little bit more now that I'm older because, like, if I was in that situation and I just wanted a girlfriend or was trying to date in that situation, like, Eric's doing the best he can. He just has, like, three goons, like, just breathing down his net at his every move. And and uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily think he's a bitch. I think he's really, in the first season, it, it's a lot about him. He drives the storyline a lot. Yeah. And I think it's because he's – it's – it's about him trying to find his place in a world that he doesn't know about, whether it's Ari calling him pizza boy or Billy Walsh starting to call him suit in this, in this episode, which is awesome by the way. Right. And I think, I think that's why he takes so much shit because no one really respects him. And then on top of that, he keeps having, he keeps going back to this one girl who he, you know, has tried to break up with several times and now he's drunk dialing accidentally. Yep. And he, he just seems like that guy who's always getting in the relationship. Yeah. And I think there's always one person in your group of die friends that is like that. So I think he's pretty identifiable. Maybe he's identifiable because that guy was me. <laughs> um, my other least favorite moment from this episode is Ari and his wife up in maybe in Napa or something at a bed and breakfast. And we get to see Ari with a full erection after taking Viagra, which, hey, that's cool, man. Like, you know, you, you, you need a little help, that's fine, but like, I don't need to see that. And he has the line like, I'm ready to go here, all right? It's like R. Kelly at recess. Honey, honey, what are you doing? Are you kidding me? Baby! I don't know, you, you wouldn't see that in later seasons, and it kind of weirdly makes Ari look like really weak and emasculated. I don't know, what'd you think about that? <laughs> I, I mean that R. Kelly joke actually aged pretty well. <laughs> Probably the best at this ep- of this episode. Yeah, I thought it was great seeing Miss Miss Ar- Mrs. Ari in lingerie for the first yeah. time. I oh, think yeah. you know that's probably when all the Entourage fanboys became you know infatuated with her and her character. With milfs specifically. Yes, <laughs> in most of the season and most of Ari's interactions with her, he he tries to play the complete alpha and she always winds up you know letting him do what he wants but he has those moments where he isn't always in control of her and I think this just goes to show that similar dynamic of their relationship she's easily the strongest female character in the show by far yeah I think they wanted that for Shauna but she never really materialized as a reoccurring character after you know the first season or two Believe it or not, she is in a lot of episodes. She's in, I think I looked it up, like 50 of the 100 episodes. But she's always just calling the guys, dropping in and going, what the fuck are you doing? And just kind of babysitting them a little bit. So I agree. She she does make many more appearances, but she just doesn't have as strong of a presence as Mrs. Ari. Yeah, for sure. Jason, what was your favorite line from this episode? Or what were some of your favorite lines? I liked the pool scene where... I actually liked uh, Turtle's comment about being treated like they were adopted because they never they wouldn't let them go up and see Billy. (laughs) 
And then uh, I thought at the diner it was pretty funny when Johnny Drama said he'd take it in the ass for an Oscar. I'd take it in the ass on camera for an Oscar. <laughs> you'd take it in the ass for a guest spot on the Hugh Lees. <laughs> <laughs> Show's not even on the air anymore. There was one more scene I really liked, and it's not necessarily a line. I just enjoyed Drama's reaction to when he realized that <laughs> his the person he was he might be in Queens Boulevard would be the guy blowing Vince. And he was like, "Well, that would be awkward." Yeah, that's 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 one of my that's one of mine as well. Who's blowing him? I hope it's not the part of the bookie, because I'm playing that. That'd be really awkward. <laughs> Perfect drama. Um, Billy Walsh line that I really liked is. Uh, you guys are early, huh? Actually, no, we're right on time. That might mean something to me if I knew who the fuck you were. Oh, this is my buddy Eric. You can call me E. E. Is that your thing, being on time? I won Sunday into 24. What do you got to say about that kind of a run? Congratulations. (laughs) Super cocky, super condescending, and just like starts that like E. Billy Walsh tension right out of the get-go. The other line I really like comes from Turtle, and it's after the boys give shit to E at the coffee shop, where Turtle goes, Look, E, marry this girl or kill her, all right? We can't take this anymore. Because I identify with that very strongly. Yeah, that was actually a really good line. I felt that strongly about guys in my group, you know, who have dated girls that I may or may not have been super big fans of. The line I wanted to like more, and I wish I did, was when Johnny asked Turtle at the pool if he ever tried jerking off with a belt around his neck. Yeah. I felt like the follow-up to that could have been so much better than seems interesting. Yeah. Um... But it just wasn't. It, it could have been such a great moment for for in, in the drama canon of quotable moments in Entourage, but it, it just kind of fell flat to me. Speaking of drama and Turtle, this is kind of a strange episode of Entourage, because this episode really is the Billy Walsh show. Drama and Turtle are kind of relegated to the sidelines, and it's simply like, drama has money, but won't pay for pussy, and Turtle's just kind of like, hey, drama, spend that money on pussy. Usually, <laughs> Usually these episodes have like, Three pretty tight interweaving plot points where like E's off doing something, Turtle and Drama are off doing something, and then Vince and Ari are doing something. But this was simply Billy E and Vince, and then Turtle and Drama like talking to strippers. It was it was wasn't a super like complicated episode, and really that might be to its detriment if I'm being honest. I agree, I agree, and I guess we can get into that when we rate it yeah. later. <laughs> Real quick, best song in the episode. I'll tell you, I, I think the two most notable songs were That Smell mm-hmm. and Run Through the Jungle. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one, I would probably pick Run Through the Jungle because I like it better. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about you? I would go with That Smell. It's Leonard Stinner's song. It was playing while the guys go to the chateau to meet Billy Walsh. I liked the influx of classic rock on top of all the hip-hop. It just it made for a great like uh, eclectic playlist when it came to this first season. Um and then the worst song's got to be the song in the dance club. I mean, the in the strip club, right? Walk With Me by Felix the Housecat. <laughs> Felix the Housecat. Yep. Yeah. That's a great name. Terrible song. I, lis- I actually went back and listened to that, and I wanted to, I wanted to kill myself while I was listening to it. Terrible song. <laughs> it's a strip club. The music isn't supposed to be fantastic. It's supposed to, you know, give something for the, the, the young women to sway to. 
But yeah, no, uh, that, that's at the bottom of the list. There's a Stevie Ray Vaughan song over the end of the credits that's Empty Arms. I don't dislike Stevie Ray Vaughan, but I don't love the song as the uh, end credits. They seem to rely heavily on Placid Rock as the closing credit songs in the first season. When later on, they legitimately would introduce brand new hip-hop songs over the end credits to where you were kind of waiting in anticipation for what song's going to drop. Well, I mean, they yeah, later on they actually launched a whole tequila brand, so that's <laughs> not surprising. <laughs> they were monetizing the shit out of this show. Oh, absolutely. No celebrity cameos this not, week. Not true, kind of a, not true. The picture of Bruce Springsteen on Billy Wash's, <laughs> Billy Wash's T-shirt. That was that's the right. best celebrity cameo. And the worst celebrity cameo was Scarlett Johansson because they talked about her an awful lot and they didn't show her. That's right. And spoiler alert, she may or may not be showing up soon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's right. I, I liked how they kind of started the Scarlett Johansson talk between Vince and E and, and it carries through to the next episode. Um, you, you know what? I actually looked up the stripper, Heidi Hawking. She really? was the, uh, yeah, I was like, is she famous? I don't know. I was trying to find a celebrity cameo in this fucking episode. <laughs> Uh, she hasn't done anything since 2000. Say, She's done like say, Jason. I don't she, think that fruit that search proved fruitful to you. Like, she has an Instagram account, and I think every one of her pictures on it is still from like 2006. So yes. whatever she's doing with her life, uh, God bless. But uh, she hasn't been in, in entertainment in a long time. It would appear. I promise that at some point I will have on as a guest one of these random actresses that maybe had a few lines in an episode because there are plenty waiting <laughs> to talk about the show. I'm hoping at least. I don't mean to like dip so far ahead of myself that everyone wants to talk to me, but there are so many just kind of one and done actresses that, that pop in and out and I'd love to pick one of their brains and talk about their experience. <laughs> oh yeah. I wish you could have got Heidi for this episode. Yeah. She, she would have easily bumped you. <laughs> she was fantastic. <laughs> Worst outfit in this episode. I'll start with one, and then there's there's a few. But uh, my, my first is um, when the boys screen Billy Walsh's movie, Drama is wearing an unbuttoned black bowling shirt over a black undershirt and dark jeans. Now, we joked around about porn stars in this show. Drama looks like a male porn star. I give Drama a pass because he always dresses like shit. He even dressed like shit for 2004 standards. That's right. But, like, if you have to go and look at who's dressed the worst in today's society, I yeah. think Turtle wearing a sleeveless mesh shirt over an oversized white T-shirt and Vince's entire ensemble in the in the coffee shop and for most of the movie, that or, oversized orange button-down with stripes, yeah. uh, were the worst for me. I almost want to give Turtle a pass for these first few seasons because... He just dresses like he stopped at finish line on the way to shooting every day. Like, and it just, it's supposed to be part of his character, and it was just such a sign of the times. I worked at Foot Locker during this era, and I dressed this way. So I have a soft spot in my heart for Young Turtle. But yeah, Vince's like flowy orange Abercrombie and Fitch shirt, there's no excuse for that one. <laughs> it, it's funny watching this back because you see everyone has like that classic striped shirt. Yep. Or that one that one blue colored shirt that everyone literally wore around the time. It's just plain blue, but it's not navy, it's not royal. It's like this weird it was in 
I think I was watching episode two or three, and there were like three or four guys in the club that oh, had yeah. it on. With like a crew neck collared white undershirt underneath it. Yeah, very visible. E, e was actually wearing it, but like five other people in the club were wearing it at the same time. Yeah. Definitely that's that that outfit hasn't aged well. I also want to give a special shout out to Drama's like double strapped brown sandals in the last scene when they're on the roof drinking their Bud Lights. Just yeah. you saw them quickly, but those are dad sandals, Drama. For sure. Uh Bi- Billy's green striped shirt in the final scene is is honorable mention. That is pretty terrible. It almost fits with the character though. But Billy's Springsteen outfit, that whole <laughs> thing could work today with the Springsteen Easily. t-shirt. Yeah. That was Unfortunately, cool you could buy that outfit at like a Hot Topic or something, though. That's the problem. Yeah, 100%. So what else hasn't aged well? Uh, first one for me is when they played Street Fighter on their PlayStation 2 <laughs> around their 37-inch tube TV <laughs> in the living room. Oh, that's a good point. I miss that. <laughs> I think aside from the outfits and the yellow H2 Hummer, it's the obvious stuff, you know? Yeah. Calling Rain Man a retard or yep. referring to gay people as fags. Yeah. You know, those moments are a little harder to laugh at than they were probably when all this stuff was. I wouldn't say it was ever PC, but it was more acceptable. You know, you yeah. had the hangover come out where they're screaming, Aging Dr. Faggot! Yep, in the yep, middle yep, of yep, it. Yep. And I will say, though, I think I didn't laugh. The hardest I laughed in this whole first season was when. It was the review episode, and drama just drops the line. The Orange County Register called me a functioning retard. <laughs> I, <laughs> I died. Just the thought of that actual review of a, of a movie being put out and published. <laughs> I was I laughing that out line. loud by myself yesterday afternoon. It was so funny. Drama's drama's got some absolute gems this season. Yeah, they they dedicate a lot of this episode to. The, it starts pretty mild. The homophobia, e, you know, even Vince accuses Turtle. He's like, "That's pretty homophobic," and he's like, "I'm not homophobic. I just think the scene with the guy blowing you makes you look like a fad." And it's like, "What? That's a very homophobic statement." And I don't know. There's there's this whole extended conversation about famous actors who have gone gay. You would think even in 2004, an actor would be so open-minded and so willing to play any great role that they don't, yeah, I, I can play a day guy. That's what I do. I'm an actor. I pretend. It just is very strange seeing these guys be so against what's a pretty common occurrence in Hollywood, even in the early 2000s. Except drama. I mean, he would take <laughs> it in the ass for an Oscar. So That's right. He's very with the times. I will say what did age well, and I know this wasn't the category I sent to you, but I did like them watching Billy Walsh's movie in their screening room and not having cell phones in front of them. Because if I'm in a screening room and there's a black and white movie in front of me, that cell phone is four inches from my nose the entire time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Every week we award the Marvin Award for Best New Character, and I think there's really only one person it can be. Yeah, Billy (laughs) Walsh. Uh, yeah. Outside of the two strippers, he was the only new character on the show, and those guys, I don't think, pop up again. No, he stays. He's around for four, four and a half more seasons. The actor who plays Billy Walsh, just a little bit of color, Reese Coro. He was born in Italy, raised in New Jersey. He's a theater actor. He studied theater at Carnegie Mellon. He also spent time studying at the Moscow Art Theater in Russia. And when he graduated from college, he moved to Los Angeles and began working in construction including a stint building a house with Nick Offerman, a.k.a. Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. 
He actually received the call that he landed his first on-screen acting did as Billy Walsh while he was digging a hole for a deck in Echo Park. <laughs> and he wow. was meant to be a Death Star, but he evolved into an iconic character, and he de- basically defined his career. What else has he been in? Nothing much. He had a, a stint <laughs> in 24. <laughs> He's still steadily acting, which is like great to hear. He had a, had a brief arc in 24. Uh, I don't have his IMDb up in front of me, but he's also part of an underground traditional Irish folk band with two other artists, and they play all around East Los Angeles, which I think is super cool. Was he in the Was he in the Entourage movie? I can't remember. I don't think so. Huh. Maybe a falling out with the boys? Uh, who knows? No new characters to give the Dom Award to, unfortunately. There's a lot of gaps in our in our categories. This not week, true. I'm going to give the Dom Award to Billy Walsh also. <laughs> because, like, like I said, I remember hating him so much when I first watched this series. Just early Billy Walsh. I yep. really liked Billy Walsh after Billy Walsh got sober the first time around. Yep. This, this time I like him more. But what I didn't like about him in this episode was how condescending he was saying E every time he was talking to Eric at the, uh-huh. at that table while they were having coffee. I bet you'd like to see Vince do a big studio movie, huh? E? Actually, no. No, he just wants me to do a good film. Oh, come on. There is no glory in making a $5 million indie, E. There is if it's a good one. He must have said E like 10 times. It really bothered me. I mean, I think that was the point, but I agree with you. I, I don't think I liked him either when I first encountered him in 2004. Maybe because I'm looking at it 15 years later. I just kind of love that he kind of comes in, swinging his dick, is pushing around Eric. Vince is loving it. it just it, It's refreshing, and it's not in a way where you're like, this guy's going to be annoying for the next, you know, 10 episodes. Um, don't let the suit influence you. Hey, man, I'm not a suit. Yeah, man, you are. You just don't know it yet. Toodaloo. So yeah, we can agree to disagree. He can be both the Dom Award and the Marvin Award for best and worst new character. I don't think anybody is is as bad as Dom, though. No, no, <laughs> I, I know. And I hated and, watching the show when he was on it. It's incredible. the The people who have like even pinged me now who have been like, "Oh, the Dom, I can't even I can't even listen to your episode when we get there." I'm like, Jesus. Talked about like an iconic bad character in a television. You should show. have him on. We are going to try. We are going to do our best. Hey, I, you know, not to tease too much, but I have gotten some interesting follows on the uh, Oh Yeah Pod Instagram account. Let's just say that. And some conversations are taking place. I will leave it at that. Make sure you keep listening to the podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Dom was on this, this latest season of Ray Donovan, so That's he's right. got stuff going on. But Oh, he was, he was in um, The Shield. He was in The Wire. Like He's a great actor. He just wasn't a great actor for Entourage, unfortunately. Favorite Johnny drama moment? <laughs> This is a tough episode, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have to go with when they were in the diner, and he made the line I thought was the best line of the best one liner of the of the episode that he would take it in the ass for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not the strongest Johnny drama line ever, but I think this was such a weird episode where the comedy of it all was kind of drowned out by just trying to get the story to to episode eight. Yep. They just needed all of this to move to what was going to happen in the season finale. And I think that's why, you know, the opening scene didn't really work that well for me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. This is one of those, like, move the ball down the field episodes because... 
episode eight, next week's uh, you know season one finale is a very very good episode, and it sets some precedences for the show uh, continuing. So, uh, not a strong drama episode. I would say that two lines that I love, uh, they're both about the same thing, is drama's all pumped to go to Crazy Girls because Crazy Girls has got a great buffet. And then when he gets to Crazy Girls, <laughs> he says to oh, yeah. Aren't you eating? They got downgraded to a B. If these warm plates aren't heated up to the right temperature, they become hotbeds of bacteria. Which obviously is hysterical being in a strip club talking about how there's bacteria. <laughs> And then later, you know, Turtle calls him on helping uh, pay for that stripper's rent, and he said, I'm, I'm not paying for sex, I'm paying a rent, jerk off. Which is just such blockhead drama logic. I love it. 100%. Was this episode an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode? Do we not have a C? We don't have a C. Does D, you know, we're talking in terms of Hollywood stars. An A-list episode is a Matt Damon episode. A B-list episode is like some good hot young actress episode, and a D-list episode is like all the Sasha Gray episodes. I mean, this is D-list if, we're, if, that, if that's yeah. the term. If Unfortunately, the terms. I I almost wanted to give it a B because Billy Walsh kind of saves it, kind of writes the ship. But yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. D-list episode, not the strong point of the season. Yeah, I mean, it it, it lacked cameos, and I just think. It was a utility episode other than introducing Billy Walsh to, as you say, push the ball down the field in terms of Vince's career and by association, ease. Yep, I'm going to agree. A D-list episode. And that's it. That's uh, that's season one, episode seven, The Scene. Jason, now that you're all caught up in season one, will you continue to just power through through seasons two through eight? I think I'm going to have to. Because I was looking today after this to try to see, you know, I, I distinctly remember Aquaman, Queens Boulevard, Smoke Jumpers, but I just, or Medellin, oh my God, oh, Medellin, God. a fucking yeah. disaster. <laughs> and I was trying to look and see, okay, what other movies was Vince starring in during the, during the entirety of, you know, this, the run of the show. And I just, I barely remember a lot of it. I may pass over the Dom episodes just so I don't have to, like, boil. Yep. Uh, but I, I think I want to keep going. Great. And we will be here every Monday morning recapping each week episode over episode. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Where can the good people, the good listeners, follow you? On Twitter at jcam underscore. I couldn't get the one without the underscore. <laughs> Some son of a bitch took it in 2009, and I was never able to uh, claim it. Brutal. I am at JR Will Do It on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow the podcast social feeds. Once again, they are at Oh Yeah Pod. Thank you, guys. We're so excited for the season one finale next week. Jason, thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you on Monday. Thanks for having me. LOL, LOL, White America, assassinate my character. Money matrimony, yeah, they trying to break the marriage up. Who gon' act phony, who gon' try to embarrass you? I'ma need a day off, I think I call Ferris Bueller had a Mueller, but I switched it for a melee, cause I'm richer. And prior to this shit was moving freebase. Had a conference with the DJs, Puerto Rico three days. Polly with the PDs, now they got that shit on replay. Sorry I'm in pajamas, but I just get off the PJ. And last party we had, they shut down Prevay. Ain't that where the heat play? Yeah. Niggas hate ballers these days. Yeah. Ain't that like LeBron James? Ain't that just like D-Wade? Wait, what you need?